Hi there. You are listening to a message recorded by High Point Life. To listen to more messages and to find out more about our church, head over to our website at highpointlife.com. Good morning, church. Uh again, it's a joy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Yeah, just worshiping him and uh praising his name. Uh just being with family, yeah. We are all family and uh we know that when we come together like this right it brings glory to god's name amen yeah now you know last week uh, pastor steven got us started uh the first sunday of the month right uh, this is the second sunday of the year okay and uh, he got us started with uh, reflecting on the importance of being driven by a compelling vision right a compelling vision okay uh, in anything we do right whether it's in ministry whether it's in uh uh your family right your your job whatever you do there has to be <coughs> a compelling vision okay and uh, as part of his message uh he challenged challenged us to do a few things right uh now the first thing is this if you turn to the back of the church you would see the vision statement there right uh and he says our vision is to be a church based on the new testament apostolic model right driven by god's love to bring good news and discipling nations through the transforming power of the holy spirit uh one of the things that stood out to me when pastor steven spoke last week was this right uh, one of his key points was embrace the do you remember embrace the invisible right embrace the invisible okay and to me uh any god given vision needs to be something we pursue and discover as we engage god are you following me it has to be a a a very intimate process of engaging god to discover the heart of god for your life and my life right to discover the heart of god for for our church so it has to be that intimate pursuit of god and uh and and that's what the words embrace the invisible means because it's not something that it's uh it's you know written specifically for you so one of the key takeaways from last week was this as even shared that without vision uh people perish right there will not be any clear direction without a compelling why now if you are a businessman for example i'm not sure how many businessmen are here right um a business will not be able to stay ahead of competition right you will not be able to be relevant to the industry uh there will not be any kind of innovation right you will not be able to innovate you will not be able to think out of the box and eventually you're going to fall behind competition if you do not have a compelling why why are you doing this why are you in this business why uh you know why are we uh serving this kind of products right if you do not have the compelling why even your staff will not be motivated to deliver the best products or services right uh let's take i mean you have many students here right now can i have show of hands how many of you are students oh caleb to the graduate huh? <laughs> how many of you are still students wow yeah we all students right actually you might so raise your hand okay uh, without a compelling why right uh, a college student for example will not be driven to give they are best in exam preparations am i right uh it's just like going through the motions okay la i need to get a degree la 
okay lah, my father asked me to study, I have to lah, what to do lah. But actually, their mind is all about friends and wanting to party. They, they, they don't have that compelling why, right? Okay. Uh, and so, uh, they will not be intentional, right? They will not be intentional in working towards holistically developing themselves, right? In order to achieve uh, that why that they're they doing this, right? So, so that why has to be a very strong why, okay? Now, now, now these are world, worldly examples, but for the believer, right? For the believer, uh, our why in everything should ultimately be driven by the vision that God has given you and I for our lives. Amen? Can I get an amen? Yeah? So, uh, Ephesians 2.10, right, says this, God be his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, that we should walk in them. Can you see I underline that we should walk in them. Um, and this ties back to something that Pastor Stephen shared last week, right? Next slide. This is what he said. And I love this, right? Because this is what our Christian life is all about. Don't go into eternity with possibilities that did not materialize into realities. Now, what are these possibilities? The possibilities are the good works which God has prepared beforehand, right? So, I was talking about Bernard yesterday, earlier, right? So, I said, when he was born, did God write, uh, write out a vision statement for him? Yes, not physically. He, he, I mean, he, 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 he didn't get it physically when he was born, but in heaven, God has written out a plan for his life. Amen? In heaven, God has written out a plan for Pastor Swansim's life. In heaven, God has written out a plan for Sister Ruth's life, right? And he says here that these are the good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He doesn't say that we will. We will means it's like um, by default you will, right? Did he say that? No. You should. Now what does that mean? It means that we have a part to play. Amen? To discover, to then ask God how, to journey with God, right? To take the steps of faith, one, one step at a time, and God will show us, right? How we, how we need to do this, okay? Um, so the possibilities here do not refer to our own plans and dreams for our lives. Okay, this is very important. It is not about you saying, God, oh, I have this dream, I have plans, these plans. God, would you bless these plans? Would you now come and... Uh, you know, God, uh, open the door so that this can happen. No. The Bible verse says that God has already planned it out for you. You need to discover what His plans are and then walk in it, right? Okay? Uh, so, in essence, it requires that deep engagement, right? So, this year, it is our desire to see, uh, to see the whole church become activated and start moving out of our comfort zones. Can I get a loud amen? Not loud enough. A loud amen. Amen, right? Moving out of our comfort zones. Moving out of uh, just maintenance mode. Moving out of what we have just been doing. Pastor Rini said this morning, right? Forget the past. We are going to move forward as a church, as an army of God, right? And we are going to do great things for Him, right? And we are going to become fruitful for God 
in every area of our lives, okay? Every area of our lives. This should be the goal for all of us. So for this to happen, uh, we need to take a step back and first ask ourselves this important question. Why am I in high point life? You know, there can be many reasons why we are in church, right? Is it because this is the church where you got saved? So you feel loyal to the church, for example, right? Or, or, or you feel like, okay, lah, so, you know, I started here, so I should just stay here and I should just continue. But did you hear from God? Is God saying that this is the church where you should be planted? If yes, if God has told you that this is where you should be planted, this, then this is where you should be growing and flourishing and developing, right? And bearing fruit, amen? Yeah? But if God hasn't told you that, and if you are just uh, perhaps here because you got saved, or because my, my family and friends are here and enjoy our times of fellowship, or because, you know, the teachings are good, so okay, like, I just come on a Sunday, I just enjoy some teachings, I feel encouraged, I go back. Um, or because, you know, I'm serving in this ministry, ma. how can I stop uh, just suddenly like that, right? And, and, and just move on, okay? Or because the location is convenient. Whatever the reason is, right? Uh, that is not a compelling why to be in high point life. Church, yeah? That's not a compelling why to be in high point life, right? If, that's the, if those are the reasons, this church is never going to come out of mediocrity. It's never going to come out of complacency. It's never going to come out of just maintenance mode and move forward into everything that God has destined for us. Because our, our why isn't centered on the vision that God has given us, right? As individuals and as a church, okay? So while all these reasons are good reasons, I'm not saying it's not, it's not uh, good, these are not good reasons, right? It's good to have friends and family that you enjoy coming to church with, right? It's good to have good messages on a Sunday. Uh, it's good to have uh, ministries that you can serve in, but those are not the uh, main reasons, right? Because if we go to the very root of those reasons, those reasons are very me-centric, I-centric. Are you following me? It's all about me. It's all about I, right? So it's me-centric, I-centric. And so, so we have to break away from this me-centered theme and, and, and now put a, a, a shift of focus to that vision that God has given us. So it becomes a God-centered why we are in high point life. Amen? Okay? Um, so today, while I want to encourage you to ask yourself personally why you are part of High Point Life, we want to look at another equally important question. Why do we exist as a church? Right? Can you ask your neighbor then? Why do we exist as a church? Now, I don't expect you to answer that now, right? But it's an important question, right? Why do we exist as a church? So the vision talks about the New Testament apostolic model. To me, this sums up the vision. So let's take a deeper dive in understanding this model, okay? The apostolic church was primar primarily driven by the love of God in everything they did, right? They had, many of them had walked with Jesus. They had seen Jesus' life. They had uh, fellowship with Jesus. They, 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 they went through trials with Jesus, right? They, they saw him doing the miracles. And then many of them actually saw him being crucified on the cross, right? And so the early church, the apostolic church, was a church that was driven by the love of God because they saw 
with their own eyes how much God loved them, right? Okay? They understood what it meant to experience the depths of God's love and forgiveness. And out of that place of deep, intimate relationship with God, they allowed themselves to be vessels of selfless love around them. And, and this has to be the church's biggest, most compelling why we serve, right? And that's in our vision as well, am I right? Am I right, church? Driven by God's love. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.14, this is what the Apostle Paul says. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do, right? His love has the first and last word in everything we do, okay? It moves us to such extremes. Now, can we say that for, for the things that we do? Music team, worship team. Is it the love of God which moves you to come up here on a Sunday and serve? Is it because of that encounter? Is it because you are so deeply impacted by the forgiveness you have received from Jesus Christ that every Sunday when you come up here, that love compels you to give your very best for God as you serve here? Or hospitality team, when you greet, right? When you shake hands, is it that love of God which just translates into the love of the person that you're greeting, right? That compels you to, to, uh, to, to just show your warmth to that person or is it just you going through the emotions, right? So these are important questions we have to ask ourselves. Regardless of where you're serving, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. It has to be the love of Christ that compels us to do what we're doing, amen? Okay? So whether you're serving in missions, or whether it's serving in children's ministry, worship, music, or, or different kind of helps, even those who come and um, spruce up the church on a, on a Sunday morning or during the week. I know many come to look after the garden. Our garden is so beautiful, right? Thank you to those of you who help to look after our garden, right? Is it the love of God which compels us to do these things, right? 1 John 4, 9. And this is what compelled the early church. We love because He first loved us. So church, we have to, in 2024, go back to the very, very core of it all, right? We are here because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen? We are here because Jesus Himself took on Him His took upon himself our sins, right? He took upon himself our stripes. Everything that Jesus did was because he was driven with deep love for you and I. And so this then should compel us to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for, for dying for me. Thank you, Lord, for, for taking away all the burdens and giving me an easy yoke to carry, as Pastor Rainey said this morning. Thank you, Lord, for making a way for me, right? And Lord, so my life is fully surrendered to you. We, we sang these songs this morning. My life is, is fully surrendered to you, Lord. And it is because of your love that I can love others, Lord. Would you help me, Lord, this morning? Would you help me, Lord, this morning? Have we truly experienced the depth 
the height, the breadth of God's love for you and uh, for us. That Paul, you know, Apostle Paul prayed in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, right? I pray that out of his glorious riches, you remember this prayer? Ephesians 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches, what did he pray? That God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Then he goes on to say, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love, now we, this Bible verse tells us that when we came to Christ, when we got saved, when we gave our lives to him, we were rooted and established in what? In love. Okay? So, so our roots are not in anything else, but we are rooted in? In Christ's love. Amen, right? We are rooted in Christ's love. So then he goes on to say that um, you are already rooted and established in, in Christ's love. May you have the power together with all of God's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. Wow. And, and the fact that he had to pray this prayer, it means that it is the central theme of our faith. Amen. We need to be constantly reminded of this love of God so that we don't go astray. And our why, our main why is always centered on this love. Hallelujah. Right? Our main why of everything we do always has to be centered in this love because our faith has been rooted and established in the love of Christ. How beautiful is that? Yeah? So that's point number one, okay? Point number one. Right? Driven by the love of God in everything they did. May this be your prayer, church. As you go back, ask God, Lord, I have lost, I have lost that revelation of your love. I, I've lost that uh, deep understanding of how much you love me. Lord, bring me back to that place so that I can again just dwell in your love and know your heart for me, Lord, so that your love can start to flow out of me again. And in everything I do, Lord, I want it to be rooted in your love. May this be our prayer, church. Amen. Okay, point number two. The apostolic church, being driven by God's love, right, was stirred with a compelling urgency in sharing the gospel to a dying generation. And now so, uh, they understood the deep state of darkness in people around them because they knew what they themselves were saved out of, right? It was so real to them. And perhaps there have been times in your life that you yourself had that revelation of, of the depths of darkness that God has pulled you out of? I'm sure there have been, right? For each of us, it could be the time when you were saved and along the way, you, you get a deeper understanding and God keeps showing you that. But, but perhaps we have reached a point where we have lost that, right? We have lost that focus of the depths of darkness that God has really pulled us out of and God wants us to come back to that point of, of again, coming to him so he can show us this is what you were and this is what you are now today because of my grace, right? And because of that, 
having been set free from such darkness, they themselves were moved with compassion, with great compassion, just like Jesus, to share this message of hope with everyone they met. And again, when we go back to the uh, vision, our vision statement says, right? Driven by God's love to bring what? To bring good news. So you should be smiling. You should be rejoicing, right? And then wherever you go, that uh, it should bubble out of you, right? It should bubble out of me. Now, that, that's how it should be, okay? Let's take a look at 1 Timothy 1, 15 to 16. And, and this, is what the, uh, this is what Timothy says, right? Apostle Paul says, this is a, a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And what Paul says, and I am the worst of them all. You see, Paul recognized the depths of his sinfulness. Can you see that? And that was what drove him. He, 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 he knew how much the grace of God had set him free and how much grace that God had showed him, how much mercy God had showed him, that because of that, he, he was driven to, to share this good news with others who were in darkness, right? Who, others who, who, who were lost, right? He recognized. Then he goes on to say, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience, even the worst sinners. And then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Wow, this is so beautiful, right? So wherever Paul went, he would be sharing his testimony. He would be telling people of how he used to persecute Christians, of how, you know, he didn't understand and, and you know, how, how wicked he was, right? And how God showed him so much grace. And, and the testimony, the testimony, Paul says, will then make others realize that they too can believe in him and have eternal life, okay? So today, like Paul, have we truly had an encounter with God and understand the extent of how much we have been saved? Or, or was our experience of salvation merely an intellectual experience, right? You know? Oh, I went to Sunday school. Okay, I understand the gospel, right? And then you grew up in church. And, and it just becomes so legalistic, so ritualistic, but... But that experience part is forgotten already, is left behind. If that's you today, I want you to know this, that all is not lost. God is a God of fresh encounters. Hallelujah. You can have an encounter with Him today. You can have another, uh, another deep face-to-face -face experience of encountering Jesus again today if you would only just pursue Him and say, God, I need this. I want you. Would you come, Lord? Would you come? Okay? Your testimony of personal encounters is so much more powerful than you know. Do you believe that? It's so much more powerful. It, it can be a simple testimony, but at that point, that, as you share that testimony, right, of what God did for you yesterday, let's say in your workplace, and you're talking to your colleague, that one testimony can be all that that person needs to hear, Right? To turn his heart to say, hey, hey, there's something different. I want to know this God. Right? Every one of us have stories. We, I know we have our ups and downs. I have my ups and downs, right? But in all of this, God has been faithful. 
And in every time you face a trial, it's a testament of his goodness of how he has helped us through those trials, right? And there are countless people out there, countless people going through similar struggles that we are. What's the difference? What's the difference? We have Jesus. We have God on our side, right? It's the difference, right? And because we have Jesus, we have God on our side, we see God working things out for us. We see God teaching, uh, teaching us things. For example, now marriage can be difficult, right? We have had our ups and downs. But in it, because Jesus, uh, in, in many instances, perhaps there were times when Jesus was not the center, but then when you have decided to put Jesus the center of your marriage, you see things shifting. You have testimonies that you can share. And there are many couples out there who are not believers who are struggling with their marriage today, right? The average marriage today, globally, lasts less than 10 years. You know that? That's the statistics, right? And the enemy is targeting families, targeting marriages. But you have the answer. You have stories. You have the ability to speak into the lives of people because, you know, you have gone through it, not by yourself, but with Jesus. Some of you have testimonies of how you were in deep depression. Deep depression and perhaps even felt like taking your life at, some, at one point. But when you had that encounter with Jesus, he pulled you out of the pit of darkness, right? And he delivered you from your depression. He delivered you from, from, from that point of taking your life. And so you can speak into the lives of countless youth today who are struggling with this, right? Some of you have testimonies of miraculous healings and restoration of your health. And those stories would draw people to come to want to encounter the God of miracles, the God of healing, the God who can do the same thing he did for you, for them, right? <clears throat> so whatever your story is, it's a God story, hallelujah. But sometimes all we do is we, I mean, I, I tend to do this, like, I don't know about you, right? I, I sometimes think about the painful things, right? I'm stuck on the painful things, right? But we fail to, 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 to bring out the praise that we should be praising God for the breakthrough and the victory that has happened. But instead, we are so troubled by the painful memories, right? So whatever your trial and test is right now, find a reason to praise God continuously and intentionally share His goodness to someone around you, okay? Whether you're in the worship team, right? Or whether you are in the hospitality team, there are ways you can share the goodness of God even without directly sharing the gospel, right? It's not all about, oh, cornering someone every day and say, hey, better listen to me, I want to tell you the gospel. And then, you know, you, you use uh, evangelist, uh, evangelism explosion, uh, five steps, and you share the gospel. It's not just about that, right? It's about every interaction you have with someone how are you making a difference, right? Okay, let's move on to point number three. The apostolic church was built without walls, okay? We exist to not just be a blessing to those who say, I'm part of High Point, High Point Life. And this is the reason why uh, part of our vision, it talks about discipling nations, right? Nations, okay? Um, 
And Pastor Stephen shared a little bit last week. He shared that you know God had to 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 give the church a kick in the butt, right? But all that, yeah. They, they were stuck in Jerusalem. They didn't want to go out of Jerusalem, right? Uh, they just felt that, oh, no, so many things are happening here, so let's just stay here and be comfortable here. But God had to give them a kick in the butt. And persecution came, and they had to move out of their comfort zones, right? Okay? Um, where has God called you to be an influence? Why are you there? Why are you there? Do you think it's a coincidence that God puts you as a family in your home? It's not a coincidence that you are a family unit. Do you think it's a coincidence that uh, God has given you a certain extended family? There is a purpose. What are we doing with those opportunities? Do you think it's a coincidence that uh, you are in a specific school, college, or university? Or you are, in a you are in your office where you are, you have specific neighbors, so wherever you are, right, start with small steps of faith, okay? Start with small steps of faith. We exist to be a blessing to every person that God brings into our lives through divine appointments, okay? Through divine appointments, right? Do you know how many divine appointments we have missed? I'm, even this week, I can tell you, there are people that God has brought into our lives that we were meant to actually uh, sit still, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, ask God, God, is there something you want me to tell this person? But we didn't do that. Instead, we just went through the week, taking this as just, uh, you know, the, a regular week, meeting regular people. But, you know, we have not discerned. Perhaps there's something that God wants us to release to that person, right? And so you are called, I am called to be a minister of God in the sphere of influence, to love, to encourage, right? To, to, to help where we can practically, to share the good news, to share how real God is to you. Uh, and the Holy Spirit prompts you to say, can I pray for you? To bring them into encounters with God through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, again in our vision, which works in us, and through us, right? So wherever God places you, wherever God places me, go and be the church. Amen? And that's what our vision is about. What did Pastor Stephen say about the apostle? The apostle? Someone who is? For your listening last week? Someone who is sent, right? The, the term apostle means someone who is sent. Sent. You're all sent. We are all sent. The church is sent out into the world. How do we know that? In the Great Commission, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Go. Go. He didn't say stay in the church. He didn't say come and stay and bring people to the church. He said go. Right? That's the vision. Go. And so wherever you are, you and I, we are called to go. Okay? So go be the church. And, and as we go, we must be excited, right? And you must go with great expectation, right? Not just with trepidation or, or with, uh, with uh, doubt and then... That's not going to really make a difference, right? 
The God who sends you is a God who wants you to be bold with faith, right? Just like David when he went against Goliath. Did he do it with preposition? No. He did it with boldness, with faith, right? With passion. So whatever it is you're called to do, just go and do it because knowing that God is with you, amen? And the last point, before we go to the, to the take-homes, right? The apostolic church was bold and ready for new adventures, knowing they had a big God behind them. And that's another big why. Why? Because we have a big God behind us. Why? Because we have an unstoppable God behind us. Amen? God has called High Point Life to be a church which impacts communities and nations. The vision uh, which was first given to Pastor Stephen for the church by the Holy Spirit has been confirmed many times through the many words of prophecies released by different uh, men and women. But I can tell you this, the vision will remain dormant, right? Unless we recognize that we are already called, that we are now to be driven by the love of God and step out in faith, not because we have the abilities to do it, but because we have a big God behind us, right? And so, will 2024 be the, the defining year? Will 2024 be the year of shift for High Point Life? It's not about the pastors, it's not about the leaders, but it's about all of us collectively coming and saying, yes, God, I believe you're an unstoppable God. Yes, God, I believe that you have already called me, you have already appointed me, you have specific things for me to do, and God, I want to be aligned with you, right? Ephesians 3, verse 20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is, that is at work within us. According to his power that is, is at work within us. Now to him who is able to do what? Immeasurably more. Then, all you ask, or imagine. What do we ask for? If you believe the people you have been praying for for salvation will come to Christ. Now it's not just about believing and asking, but now when we take that step of faith driven by the love of God, right? Go and share our story with them. Go and minister to them. Believing with expectation that God is going to do something, you will see something happen. I, I, because God is not a God that lies, amen? If his word says that now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that, it is, that is at work, what? Ah, within us. Now this is the key, right? How many of us love prayer meetings? We love to come and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And we say we need more prayer, which is true. Tapi, but then where is the power? Hello? High Point Live? Where is the power? The power is at work within you. Within me, Right? So unless we step out in faith, you can come and pray and, and have a 24-7 prayer, 
you are not going to see anything happen. Are you following me? We need to walk in obedience. We need to take that step of faith. We need to go and ask God, God, this week, who are you leading me to? God, this week, uh, how can I be a vessel for, for you? A vessel of blessing, a vessel of encouragement, a vessel of, uh, of strength to somebody, a vessel to draw them to you, right? But yes, we need to pray. We need to pray. And at the same time, God is going to call us into obedience to give sacrificially of our, of our money, of our time, right? Of our resources, of our gifts, our talents, whatever it is He has blessed you with. It requires us to say, God, you are a big God. And because you are a big God, this little that I have, I am giving back to you. Amen. You know, uh, as we come to the end of the year, uh, usually there's a lot of expenses. And uh, even like last year, right? Remember, Brother TH made the announcement that our financial uh, status tends to dwindle at the end of the year. And same thing has happened this year as well. So we are down to a very bare minimum in, the, in a High Point Life Bank account, right? And so, so this is a challenge to, to, to the church as well, right? If, uh, if you truly feel that you have been planted here, right? It's time for us to step up in our giving as well, to give sacrificially, uh, not just the money. Yes, money is important at this point. But besides money, what else is God calling you to give this season? How much of our time is given to so many other things, right? We can prioritize so many other things, but ministry is always last, right? Serving is always last. If I have the extra time, Lord, I will give. If, Lord, if. Wait, Lord, let me finish this first, right? So this is the time that God is challenging us, right? To step out in faith because the transforming power is within us. The Holy Spirit's grace is within us, right? And He is going to give us every resource we need. Do you believe that, church? And, and, but the resources are not poured out miraculously into High Point Life's bank account or, or, or anywhere. It's given to, to us, right? Same thing, the gifts and talents it has given you. The spiritual gifts that are unlocked, that, that have yet to be unlocked in High Point Life, I can tell you is tremendous. So many spiritual gifts here. Every person being blessed with spiritual gifts that have yet to be unlocked. May 2024 be the year where these gifts are unlocked. Amen? May this be the year where the gifts start to develop, the gifts start to flourish, and, and, uh, and, and the each other ministry starts to flourish as well because we start to be a blessing to each other. Hallelujah? This is my prayer, right? For us as a church, okay? So each of us has a role to play in, in this next season. The question is, how will you respond today? Ask ourselves how we can start playing our part in driving the vision God has given us as His church. Our take-homes for today. Desire and ask God for a fresh, fresh revelation of His love. Would you do that? Would you be intentional about doing that? Would we be intentional about doing that? Desire and ask God for a fresh revelation of His love, not just so that we can, we can feel good about ourselves and say, oh, God loves me so much. No, right? That's all good, but it's so that we can be the vessel of love for others. 
right? Ask God to move your heart to give you the same burden that He has for the lost. Ask God to show you how you can serve the church with passion this year. And how do you do that? By telling God, God, I don't know if, if perhaps you really don't know what your spiritual gifts are. Tell God. Ask God to show you. Ask God to reveal to you so that you can uh, then you know, speak to, to some of the leaders and, and, and allow God to show you how to develop these gifts. Start serving in small ways so that you know you can uh, really reach that full potential that we spoke about. When God says that you are a masterpiece, I've already given you specific tasks, specific vision that I want you to fulfill for your life. Come, my child, come and discover it. Would you ask God, help me, God, this year? Regardless of how difficult it is in the office, regardless of how much the bosses are pressuring you, regardless of how difficult it is uh, with, with your finances or, or with your marriage, whatever you're going through, if you pray this prayer, God will honor it. Trust me. He wants more of you this year, my child. Next. Ask God to open new opportunities to reach out to people in your sphere of influence. Ask God to stir your heart to dream big with Him again. Wow. Would you dream big with Him again? Some of us have suppressed the dreams that God has spoken over our lives. And, and as we dream with Him again, ask Him to help us to be more generous with our time, more generous with our resources, more generous with our finances. And lastly, ask God to stir us into fervent prayer for His kingdom and for the church. And the reason why we know that all this is possible is not because we can, but He can. Hallelujah. Can we give God the glory? Can we give Him the glory, church? He is an unstoppable God.